Let's pray. Father, we thank you that the entrance of your word gives light, it gives understanding. And thank you, Father, for opening the eyes of our hearts today to know your word, to be doers of your word. God, things that we've known in the past, but maybe we've gotten a little slack in them, that your Holy Spirit will quicken that to us, and then we'll notice a marked difference in our life because we're being doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've all heard that chant in the playground, or, you know, we use it as goes, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Do words hurt? Do words have power? Absolutely. um, We've probably, someone has said words to us that have wounded us, that have injured us, that have maybe slowed us down in what we were supposed to do. But today I want us to focus on and look at the scriptures where it talks about that words have power, that we have power within our lives to to say not just positive words, but what happens when we back it up with the word of God, when the words that we're speaking are fueled, are energized, are activated by the word of God that we're speaking over our lives, over our loved ones, over our jobs, over our situations, that words have power. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The New Living says, the tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The Message Bible says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. The words that we speak, they either have the potential to be life in our lives or death in our lives. We're the one that makes the choice. We're the one that makes the decision. You may have already heard this message many, many, many times. You know the power, the importance of words. But I want to re-emphasize the importance of it today. Because I know in my life, sometimes I've just, I, you just, you know, you just say what's happening in your life. And you just are talking about the situation. But we got to remember that God, those words are life and death. We can have what the Bible says. It doesn't mean that we're ignoring the situation, that we're not, or that we're like, oh, that doesn't exist. No, we're not saying that, but we're saying that the words that we speak, coupled with speaking God's word over ourselves, have life. They also have death. If you're speaking words of negativity and exactly what you're having, that's going to be death to your situation. You know, as we get older, things just, I have found that things are just starting to break down a little bit. They're just not as, uh, I was telling my brother the other, uh, the other, well, this morning we were texting back and forth. He lives in Australia. And my dad, who turns 81 on um, Monday, we were talking about that. And he said, you know, he's getting a little bit slower. Um, you know, it doesn't move as much. I said, yeah, old age, getting old stinks. It, it's no fun. I said, you know, when I'm down on the floor now and I have to get up, it, there's about three different positions I have to get into before I can get up. Anybody relate with that? And my, my hands and my wrists, I've noticed that there's pain in the joints and that there's, they're not as, as quick and, and easy to open things as I, the doctor calls that arthritis. It's in my family line. It's in old age. 
But you know what? I begin to, you know, I say, oh, man, my hands are really bothering me today. You know, take a couple of Advil. You know, make sure that I'm eating and drinking lots of water and anti-inflammatory. Because, you know, you've got, there's, there's things in the, in the natural that you can do, too, to help your body. If you're filling it full of junk and drinking soda all the time, you're going to have aches and pains. So you've got to do the stuff in the natural, too. But I begin to fa- find that my words were saying what I have. So I'm like, God, I know, I know your word. I know that faith pleases you. And, and we all want to be faith, we all want to be God pleasers, right? We want God happy with us to speak words of faith. Father, I thank you that my hands are strong in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that by your stripes I am healed. Instead of always talking about how hard it is for me to open something or this, you know, some mornings I wake up and it's worse than others. Not focusing on that, but speaking God's word over my situation. Because death and life are in the power of what you're saying. You can have what you say. The Bible talks about that. And that when you power it with the word of God, it's way better. It activates it. It energizes it. The Bible has much to say about our words. But you know what? Science, they've discovered that our words have power too. They've done studies. It's not just what God's been saying for thousands and thousands of years. But here's something that I read. It said positive words encourage cognitive brain function, while negative words activate our fight or flight response, which slows the cognitive function. They say a single word has the power to influence the expression of genes that regulate the physical and emotional stress. Studies have shown that negative words release stress and anxiety-inducing hormones in people. Man, I'm having a hard day. I am just so worn out. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how I'm going to make it work. There's just so much piled on me. I am so stressed. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Have you found yourself saying that? Begin to, to change that. Father, I thank you that you said that I can do all things through Christ. The greater is he that's in me. God, I thank you for giving me the wisdom. I thank you, God, for giving me the grace. You said your grace is more than enough strength to put me through this. Yeah, it's a hard time. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's stressful. But God, I choose peace. God, I choose that your favor is working for me in this situation. God, I choose life to speak over that. A study of children who had a higher rate of negative self-talk found increased levels of anxiety. Your levels of anxiety might be a little high, you might be a little stressed. What's coming out of your mouth? What are you saying? What are your words containing? Life or death? Ultimately, negative words, whether spoken heard, thought, not only cause situational stress, but contribute to long-term anxiety. The words we speak are active and alive, and they can produce success or failure. They can produce anxiety or peace. They can produce health or sickness. They can produce lack or surplus. We can just never get ahead seems like everything we do, we're trying to get ahead, then something else breaks down or some other bill comes up unexpected. I don't know how we're ever going to get out of this mountain of debt. There is, this is hopeless. Life or death? Father, I thank you 
that because I'm a tither and I'm a giver, God, that you said you would break the curse over me, that you would rebuke the devourer for my sake. Father, I thank you that I have more than enough to give to others, to be generous to others. God, I thank you that I'm a faithful giver. Are you, in, are you giving? Are you being obedient to God in your tithes and your offerings? No wonder you're in the mess that you're in. I'm just saying. Actually, I'm not saying. His word's saying. Lack or surplus? Life or death? You choose. Jesus said that we would be held accountable for every idle or careless word that we speak. Turn to Matthew, or you can look on your notes, Matthew 12, 34 through 37. If you're um, here, you can look at the notes that are live on CityGate app or on version under events, under CityGate Church. Matthew 12, 34 says, You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Are you putting things in your heart? Are you putting God's word in your heart? Are you on social media? Are you watching TV? Are you just full of life and have nothing, but you're not putting anything into your heart? Because that determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account of, on Judgment Day for every idle word you speak. The word you say will either acquit you or condemn you. You'll give an account. You think, oh, they're just, it's just nothing. You know, I, I'm just saying it how it is. Jesus said that you're going to give account for every careless word, every idle word that you speak. Your words, what you, you can locate a person by what they're saying. You know, they may be in your presence, you, and, you know, maybe they're, let's just say, that they're believing God for healing. And, you know, oh, yeah, I'm standing on God's word. That they pray, you know, Reverend Philip prayed for me last week, and I believe I received my healing. Oh, yeah, I just, I got something. I just know I did. Thank you, Jesus, for my healing. And then they walk away. Tuesday morning, those symptoms maybe return, or the symptoms get worse. Oh, man, I, I'm just, I just feel crummy. I just lousy. I guess I didn't get anything. I guess whatever I got is gone. Your words will locate you. A lot of times you think people say, oh, they're so, they're so strong in faith. But when they get around other people, when they get around their best friend, maybe they've let go of an offense, you know, and they say, I'm walking in forgiveness. But then they get around their best friend or their, their spouse and they start talking, I still can't believe that I can't get over what they did to me. And they just go into it again. You'll give account for every idle, careless word that you speak. You can locate people by the words that they say. They might be saying it in front of someone else, but behind the scenes, their words aren't matching up. Proverbs 21, 23 says, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. That'd do us some good, wouldn't it? Sometimes we just keep our mouth shut when we're talking to our family or our friends or just, mm, I'm, mm, okay, I'm just, you know, we're having a discussion with your husband about whether something's right or wrong, you know, and you know it's right. <laughs> and they, they know it's right. Sometimes it's good just to shut your mouth, and you will stay out of trouble. Just stay out of trouble. I think between husbands and wives or, you know, even family members, sometimes it's good just to let them go on thinking they're right. But you know the truth, right? That you're right. 
But keep your mouth shut because you'll stay out of trouble. It's better to avoid strife than to appear justified. It's better to maintain peace, to be a peacemaker, than to say, yep, I was right. I told you so. Just, just enjoy it. Go, go in the bedroom and just glory in your own being right, but you don't have to do it in front of other people. Just stay out of trouble, all right? Proverbs twelve eighteen. It says some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. The words of the wise bring healing. What are you saying to your spouse? What are you saying to your kids? What are you saying about your employer? Are there blessings or are they cursings? What are you saying? Let those words bring healing. Well, I can't find anything good to say about that person. I think you can. You can at least tell them they got nice eyes or, you know, a pretty shirt you got on there. I like that. Find something good. Find the good in people. You know, and it, our words need to be in agreement with what God says about our situation. It's not just enough to, you know, speak positive, peaceful words to ourselves about our situation or our future. But true life changing come when we speak God's words about ourselves, about others. This is just not about being positive and, and not speaking negative. No, it's about speaking God's word. Because Hebrews 4.12, when we put God's word with what we're saying about that situation, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and acting, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart. When we speak God's word, the Amplified Bible says the word of God speaks, that speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line and the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit and joints of the marrow, the deepest part of our nature exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. When we speak God's word over our lives, over ourselves, Father, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ. I know Rich and I, we, as we're getting older and maybe more things in our brain, we seem to forget a lot of stuff. You know, they're just like, what did I come in this room for? You know, I just, I just, you know, and then you have to walk back and think, you know, what was I don't know oh my memory you know how we have a my memory's going I just know what where where I am my where my head is this these days I'll drive to work which is only a four minute ride three minutes at most and and I'm like I forgot my phone you know go back and get you know and so many times these things are happening but we have to remind ourselves that we need to speak our what we want to have in our mind father I thank you that I have peace I thank you that my memory is clear. Thank you that the Holy Spirit brings all things to remembrance. That before I walk out that door, the Holy Spirit said, Hey, did you get your phone? Hey, did where your, your where's where'd I put my keys? Where'd I put my wallet? I was looking for a makeup compact this morning and just kind of getting a little because I was down to one. I usually have a backup. The other one was in crumbles. You know what I'm talking about, ladies? And I was like, oh, man, and I started to get up, upset, and, and I even text Riley, I'm like, have you seen this? And she's like, no, I haven't seen it. And I just, just I was like, okay, I'm not going to worry about it. I'll look for it later. And there's just something I thought, you know what, I better check my car because it might have fell, you know, I had a person there. And sure enough, when I got in the car, there it was sitting in, in the passenger seat. 
I'm telling you, the word of God, when you speak God's word, Father, I thank you that my memory is blessed. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit brings all things to my memory. So that I am keen to hear his voice and to know his voice and to follow his voice, even in the little things. Because if you can hear him in the little things about where my makeup compact was, then I know that when it's time to pray for somebody, that I don't ignore that and I pray those things over that person. Because I was praying, I was praying yesterday, I was mopping the floor. I'm telling you, cleaning, I love to clean and, and pray at the same time. Take advantage of praying. You don't have to be down on your knees in the bedroom. You can you pray anywhere. But I was mopping the floor, and I just was praying in the Spirit and not even thinking about anything. But all of a sudden, somebody that I had met in Oregon came to my mind. And I began to pray for him and pray for God's wisdom and God's direction. And, and so then I text his mother, and, um, and I said, you know, hey, I just want to let you know. And she was like, well, thank you for praying for him. He's actually, you know, out of town, and he's, he's making a decision right now of, you know, where he's, because he's, you know, older, he's, of where he's going to, you know, finish the, the rest of his life, whether in this state or that state. The Holy Spirit knows. And when we speak word, the word of God over ourselves, that my memory is blessed, that I have the mind of Christ, his word is active, energizing, effective, working things out and praying for others. God's word is going into the deepest part of our nature, exposing, sifting, analyzing, judging the very thoughts and purposes of not only my heart, but for those who I pray for. Those people that you're praying for, Pray God's word over them. Pray in the spirit over them because God's word is active, energizing. Our words are like vehicles. And they, the words that we have, they carry us places. They take us places. I think sometimes our lives are like we're in a Jeep or an ATV and we're off-roading. And we've got all kinds of, we're in all kinds of ruts and there's not even a road anymore. It's just like mud and muck and we're like, God, how did I get here? The words of our mouth, they locate us. I remember many years ago, Rich and I went to the uh, missions trip and went to Vanuatu. It's uh, in the South Pacific off near Papua New Guinea. And we arrived in the airport and they said, oh, okay, they're going to take you um, and pick you up and take you to the village. And so uh, we got in, uh, we had our luggage and everything. So they had a, a small little pickup truck and the driver sat in the front, I don't remember who else, but the rest of us sat in the back of the pickup truck with our luggage, and off we went. It was, the roads were so rough and so red. There were times where we're going around the, the cliff, and we're like, whoa, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, help me. You know, it's like, they're just driving, you know, they're, they were off-road. It was like, there was no road. And sometimes I think our lives are like that, that we're just, why, why am I here, God? Because the words of our, our mouth. There may be other times where you feel like you're in a plane and you're just sailing away. And, you know, like, oh, man, you can see the scenery, the mountains and the clouds. You can see the houses. Oh, they've got a pool, you know. And then because we were, when we were out in Oregon flying home, um, they were from Redmond to Bend. There was a lot of turbulence. It was, a, you know, and Rich is like, Rich doesn't like to fly. Because, and I figured this one out on him. The reason he doesn't like, because in a car, he feels like he's got control. You know, even though you can't control the other people. But in a plane, he doesn't have any control. So he's like, 
hanging on to me, hanging on to the, to the armrest. And, you know, and, and I too was like, oh, this is kind of rough. You know, I, I don't, I'm not enjoying this right now. But you know what? The words of my mouth, before I get on a plane, I speak Psalms 91 over ourselves. And then I also say, Father, I thank you. Just like you said when you got in the boat and went to the other side of the lake, you said, we will pass over to the other side. That's my confession. I said, Father, we will pass it. So during that turbulence, I'm like, we will pass over to the other side safely and completely in Jesus' name. So will our luggage. <laughs> well, it, it got over to the other side. We did have to wait a day for it to arrive, but that was all right because I was back home. You know, as long as I've got my stuff while I'm out there, I'm good. <laughs> but I think sometimes our lives are like that, that there's turbulence and we're doing everything that we know to do, but are we speaking God's word over that situation? What does God's word say about you and your situation? Are you saying the same thing about your situation? Are you filled with negative and stress and worrisome words fueling your vehicle? Mark eleven twenty two through 24 says, Jesus answered, said, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Believe you can have what you say. The Bible says, believe does not doubt in his heart, but believe what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. You, will ha you can have what you say. One of my favorite passages of scripture is about Sarah and Abraham. You know, Abraham and Sarah, if you know the story, they, God promised Abraham they didn't have children. God promised him, said, you're going to have children. And as you look at the stars in the sky, your descendants are going to be as, as many as the stars in the sky and the sands in the sea. They, they got that promise, but it still, it hadn't happened. Sarah was getting old. Abraham was getting old. At 90 and 100, you know, they're still like, okay, God, where's this promise? Hebrews 11, verse 11, says, It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child and that she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise, and a whole nation came from this one man as good as dead, a nation that so many people, like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there was no way to count them. You know, Sarah, she was applauded. She was put into that Hebrews 11, they call it the Hall of Faith, or, the, you know, the faith heroes of the Bible. But you know what, faith... Sarah didn't start there. She didn't start full of faith. If you know the story, she was impatient. She used her, um, she tried to help God out in, and you say, say, you know, hey, Abram, take my handmaid, take my maid, go sleep with her, and then you'll have a son. Well, that turned out trouble for them, didn't it? They had Ishmael, and, you know, she mistreated Hagar, dealt with her harshly. She, she just, you know, she kept trying to fix the plan. But have you noticed that trusting the Lord is the best plan? If he's promised you, don't try to help him out because that usually will get us in trouble. But you know, God didn't give up on Sarah. God's love for us, his faithfulness, it never changes. And God had chosen Sarah to be the main mom, even though she tried to use Hagar as it. And Sarah could have been known throughout history as, you know, Sarah the, the spiteful or Sarah the scorn, scornful because she was mean to, to Hagar. But because of God's grace and Sarah's trust 
in the Lord. She's known as Sarah the Faithful. You know, what's your label during difficulty? What are your words saying about you? During those hard times, are you Mary the worrier? Are you Tim the troubled? Sally the scared? Annie the anxious? Or are you Tom who trusts in God? Are you Pam the peacemaker? Gary the joy giver? What, is, what are you saying about it? What are, you, what are your words saying about your children? What are your words, what's coming out of your mouth about your job situation, about your family life, or whatever your future holds, your financial situation? What are your words saying? What is the label you're putting on it with your words? I got permission from our, our middle son, Barrett. He's 24. He's our, um, and as I got permission to share the story, but growing up, um, as a young boy, Bear's always been very shy, very, you know, to himself, very introverted, not, you know, out a lot, and, and oftentimes very solemn, could be considered, considered grumpy a lot of times, <clears throat> and one that we had to, you know, deal with his attitude a lot, and, um, but throughout, but Rich and I, you know, we, we spoke God's word over him, Father, you know, Father, I thank you that great is the peace of our children, Thank you that our children, you know, are, are called and served of God and they, they have a heart for God. We still continue to speak those things over them. And, you know, and even in natural ways, like Hunter and Bear, you know, because they were in school together, they're like, when you go past someone, say hello. Daniel, hello, good morning, you know. And when you walk by someone, you know, have a happy smile. Hey, you know, you know we're constantly on them. And it's like Rich and I sometimes look at each other like, oh, are they ever going to get this? You know, but we continually speak God's word over them, encourage them, and as they get young adults, and there was a, a noticeable difference in Barrett, and even la uh, a couple weeks ago, he said some, he was with some of his friends, and they were talking about Barrett was always quiet, you know, didn't hardly understand, and now Barrett's kind of like the life of the party and talkative and goes up to people, and, and, and Rich and I look back and say, who is this kid sometimes, you know, when he's communicating with adults, I mean, the job that he's in, he's, he's in, uh, he moved to Pinehurst, and he's in with uh, insurance, and you've got to be that way, so so I said to him, he was telling me the story, but like people couldn't believe how much he had changed. I said, well, Bear, where do you think that, what, what happened? I mean, you know, what was the thing that, that clicked? He said, well, he said, I read, I read a book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And he said, I just decided to make the change. And he did, it was like a, a, like a light switch. And I'm telling you, God's word works. You may be speaking something over your children or over your spouse or your job situation, your future, it may not look like it's sinking in, but you know what? God's word is active, energizing, operative, changing that situation that we don't have to say anything anymore. We let the Holy Spirit do that. And something, it'll click. It'll make that change. So don't give up, parents. It will work. All right, we're going to finish up here. But, uh, you know, um, Sarah, it looked like... It looked like things were hopeless, but, you know, at, at age 90, Sarah laughed and said, you know, how, how could this happen? There's no, there's no way that this could happen. And God said, did you laugh? She's like, oh, no, no I didn't laugh. He's like, mm, yeah, you did laugh. But <clears throat> she said, um, how can a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is so old? You know, can you imagine, ladies, God, we hear this story. 
But here is a postmenopausal woman, almost 90 years old, and she's going to have a baby at that age. You know, she probably thought of herself, okay, I'm going to be pushing my stroller down through the tents in the marketplace to go get some pampers, and this, this seems ridiculous. But Genesis 18 says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord in your situation? Absolutely. Absolutely not. God is in the miracle working business. Genesis 21 1 says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, and as he had said, and the Lord did what Sarah, for Sarah, what he had promised. The Lord did it. And then in my favorite passage of scripture as far as Abraham and Sarah do, and this we can take the principles and stand on whatever you're believing God for. Romans 4, 17 says, as is, this speaking about Abraham, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead. Your situation may look dead. But God can speak life into that and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Call those things out, people. Call your business successful. Call your future sex successful. Call your mind sound. Father, I thank you that I'm not bound by anxiety and worry and depression. God, I have a mind of peace. I thank you that I have clear vision of what to do. Verse 18, in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he has been told, <clears throat> so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. And we considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. He grew strong in faith and gave glory to God. The Message Bible couple of those verses says, but when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Your situation may be hopeful. Believe God anyway. Deciding not to live on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. A hundred-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around the promises of God, asking cautiously skeptical questions. I love this part. He plunged deep into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he said. Are you plunging deep into the promises of God in your situation? Plunge deep and find the scriptures that you need that cover your situation. Plunge deep into the promises of God. Because God will do what he says he will do. His word will not return unto him void of power. Speaking God's word over your situation will change things. It will change. Not maybe. It will change things. Your words are powerful. Don't take them lightly. If you're married or you have a best friend who's with you, make them hold you accountable. Don't get mad at them. If you make that agreement, but say, hey, help me out. Help me speak words of life over this matter. Help me speak life over my son's life, over my daughter's life, over my finances. Speak God's word over him because it will, what God says about your situation will happen. Our last scripture, Isaiah 55, 11. 
so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me empty or void of power. It will accomplish that which I purpose and I and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God's word. When you speak God's word, they're filled with life. They're full of active, energizing, operative words. It's not just a little flowery boop. No, it's going in and dividing between the soul and the spirit. When you're praying for someone and they just can't get it, put God's word in there. Pray in the spirit because God can use his light, the light of God's word to separate from them getting it up here to like it clicks. I got it. And then it'll dawn on the in, in the head. And then their actions will follow through. God's word works when you work it. Are you going to do it? Yes. Let's stand. Say this with me. My words are life or death. I choose life. It will not return into him void of, void of power. It will accomplish what he sent it to do in Jesus' name. I love this next song. Pastor Jackie didn't even know what I was speaking about when she chose it, but God is faithful. God is faithful to his word, and he won't. He won't. He won't fail. God's word won't fail. His word is faithful. Plunge if you can take anything from this message, plunge deep into his promises. Deep into his promises. Follow God's word. Follow his voice. And speak those words. Speak those promises over your situation. It will change in Jesus' name.